April 29, 2019, it's the from Pedro Show.
Screaming at our back 
Why for Peter show people? Oh, you hear some popping. I'm at my pad. Brother Matt just got back from his uh, vacation. He has to recoup. But in the meantime, uh, I'm not just man alone because through the miracle of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software, I got Jesse with me from the Rayo Brothers. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Well, I'm glad to have Mike. You. Sorry, <laughs> brother Matt's here in spirit because he did what he did. <laughs> what he did, he did a trip in the northwest, and he uh, he followed in the footsteps of the Lewis and Clark expedi- uh, expedition up the Columbia River and all that. So that's a gotcha. pretty amazing thing. I remember they tried that <clears> for the 200th birthday, and they had to stop. I think it was the National Geographic people because there was so much pollution. But, I think we oh, really? made some more headway. Yeah, Jesse, t- t- what are you doing? Unpacking all your uh, chewing gum? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what the if you hear a noise. I'm yeah, not sure what it is. I just poured a, a a can of cold brew coffee in my in my mug here. Okay, uh, where 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 are we talking to you from? I'm in Lafayette, Louisiana, okay, downtown. Right. Okay. Um, Earliest musical recollection. Oh, I should say what we started uh, off with. With John Coltrane doing Alabama Takes Four and Five, and then uh, Rail Brothers with Red River Blues. Yeah, your earliest musical recollection. Hmm. I remember from being, well, there's a picture of me when I was, I don't know how old, maybe four or five years old holding a guitar. And I know my mom started teaching me guitar when I was five. Um, I don't even know if I remember that far back. I mean, it just as as old as my memories, as far back as my memories go, music was part of it because my parents would play music in the house, and mom started teaching me guitar at an early age. So it was just kind of always there. I don't I don't have like one specific memory of uh, of the first the first song I played or anything like that. Well, to find that out, I had to ask you. So there's really no wrong <laughs> answer to that question. <laughs> But, yeah, but yeah. When you when you say they're playing music, not as listeners, but as as makers, right? Yeah. Well, my dad didn't really do anything other than like just at home he'd play guitar and sing, and then my mom played and sang in church, and um, she uh, also wrote like gospel music too. So, um, and then all of my mom's family is very involved in the music scene as well. So. A lot of Cajun musicians and just musicians in general. So it was just part of growing up for me. Now, in the pad, well, you said there was a guitar for your pop, but was there piano and stuff like that? Um, We had a piano later on uh, when I was uh, probably... Well, actually, we had a like a Casio keyboard. I remember that uh, because we could like program... uh, you know, get a, a drum beat going and a uh, like a chord would just keep on playing and then you could kind of play around on the other end of the keyboard and make some melodies. And then uh, we had a piano when I was kind of young too and then I started taking piano lessons when I was uh, in high school, I think. Yeah, because you, you mentioned your mom being the songwriter, so I'm thinking maybe, well, maybe she wrote on guitar, but a lot of times, right? Yeah, yeah, she did. She did write on guitar, yeah. Okay. Oh, she did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, what about the school? Were you in the choir or a marching band or shit like that? 
Uh, not really. We went to a really small school. There was like 20 students that went from first grade all the way to high school. It was a church school. Yeah. And um, so there were there were no like programs in it, I guess. Although I did. So I started playing in church bands when I was 13, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's a church uh, school. Maybe you guys sang at, at services and stuff. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And... Um, Let's see. I guess it was really like me, my brothers and I all played at home together. There was uh, three of us: Dan, who's the uh, who's the singer, and the Rayo brothers. Yeah. Um, and then we have another brother, Asher, who uh, isn't in the band but was always playing with us. Uh, you know, growing up too. Um, so, and then when we go to like uh, family reunions, family events, and stuff like that, there was always. Music was a part of that. Bitching. I mean, <laughs> I dream of that. Like, uh, but I guess you know, however it comes to you is the way it comes to you. Uh, do yeah. You remember, yeah. Do you remember? So most of the gigs were for church or for family at first. But do you remember? Well, let me ask you this: What's the first record you bought for yourself? Hmm. I, I think someone asked me this recently. And I think it was a record by the Christian rock band called Third Day. And I don't even remember which which record it was. But, um, yeah, I think that was the first one I bought. And um, they were I, – I, I enjoyed listening to them uh, back in the day. It was like, I don't know, like late 90s, early 2000s, contemporary rock. Um, I, you know, I kind of tr- picked up trying to learn, trying to learn their guitar riffs and uh, – at that around that same time, like when I was a teenager, I was really into uh, like U two and trying to figure out how to play those like spacey like delay effects and do all that kind of stuff too. Okay, so when your ma showed you guitar, it was probably acoustic, right? Right. Yeah, we had a Mel Bay like you know the American oh, yeah. Songbook <laughs> like yeah you know Alfred's right up there with Alfred's guitar method. I remember. Right. Um, right. But you, you obviously you, you're talking about uh, effects and stuff. So you moved to, to electric guitar. Yeah, pretty um, pretty early on. Well, I, when I was like 11 or 12, I think I always wanted an electric guitar. Yeah. And when I was like 11 or 12, I got one, and then that's what I started playing at church when I was 13. Was um, electric like lead guitar. And what was your first um, uh, electric guitar? It was a Squire. Telecast, no, a Squire Stratocaster. All right, and an amplifier. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those like kits that came with a a, a little, I don't know, probably a five watt amp and a uh, and a Squire guitar. Yeah, yeah. but Ikado, right? I mean, the, mm-hmm. me and D Boomer boys, you'd go to the pawn shop to get the ten fifteen dollar uh, kind of knockoffs from overseas, but nowadays yeah. you can get. Like a Fender or Squire for pretty Econo. Pretty happy. You know, I want to play a. I want to play Caroline here. Okay. Okay. Caroline, what can I say? You always have to run away But I understand that you're afraid I'm the man to keep you safe 
chose to be alone My love for you I can't disguise When I look into your lonesome eyes song I wouldn't sing For your love I'd tame the tide I'd rope the wind and try to ride I wish you'd just give me a sign Well I'm not afraid to waste my time Where she is, oh, where she's going. 
Robinson on a Saturday night. Six stockings and high heels, blue liner on her eyes. But on a Sunday morning, she saw love.
the telephone Got me wondering for Pedro Show and ask Caroline from Rail Brothers Nina Diaz after that Evangeline Hi Reeve Sardines off his new album La Petite Senegalia from Arabia Saudada Red Mass Saturn a lot of this is from all around uh, Jesse like uh, those guys from Milano and Red Mass they're uh, Quebecois and blood, uh, Marco Serrato and Francesco Covarino with uh, Impi Panini. And that's a Spain, a Spain guy and an Italian guy. A blood quartet from Barcelona, Jan Dick. Disused out of Holland with I Am the Rainbow Goblin. And finally, the Rail Brothers with Coronet. Is that like the horn? Uh, actually, it's talking about the uh, the car. There's a oh yeah yeah a, yeah. a Dodge Coronet. Sure. My brother uh, Daniel, who's the singer, is also the the main songwriter, and um, he wrote that song, kind of I guess inspired by well you know like a relationship, but also by the car that he has. It's a 1952 Dodge Coronet. Yeah, and I think they went into the 60s and t- too for a while there they were a cop car. Or were those Furies? Oh, yeah. Kind of looks like an old, an old yeah. cop car. Yeah, He's more yeah. into cars than I am. I really don't know that much about it. Okay. Bob, well, I was just curious. You know, I mean, you wrote the song, or he wrote the song, and you don't have to explain it. So, but <laughs> tripping on the tie like. Well, 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 how did the Rail Brothers come together? 
obviously you were born together and grew up playing music. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, when he was probably, so Dan's younger than I am. And, uh, when I, um, started going to college or maybe when I was already well into it, he started writing, he was back at home writing, started writing songs, uh, when he was probably 14 or 15. And, um, around the same time I picked up banjo. And, uh, so we kind of, I mean, we weren't, we weren't living in the same house anymore. He was still with my parents at the time. So, uh, I guess we were kind of doing this independently. And then, um, we kind of got together and I was like, Hey, you know, you got these songs. I think, I think you should be playing them somewhere. Uh, Let's at least try some open mic nights. And I wanted to play banjo. Um, and so I just kind of learned or made up some licks to play along with his songs. And we started playing open mic nights in, uh, 2012, uh, or actually it was a little bit before that, but then we did our first, we, we entered a songwriter competition at a local club, uh, music club here. And so we put a band together in order to play those songs for the competition. And that was, that was the beginning of the band and we've been playing ever since. Was it a big stretch to go from guitar to banjo? Mm, the um, well, the tuning is different, and sure. w- the thing that threw me off a lot was that on the five-string banjo, you have the highest pitch string is on the top yeah. or like higher up on the uh, on the fretboard. Which it, it once I finally got used to that and learned. Really, the way I I learned was I had an Earl Scruggs uh, a lesson book. And so the first half of it is all just like exercises, um, which, which is not really playing songs, but you're playing these roles. No, what do they call those? Pa- these drum- patterns. They call that something uh, in drums, uh, fundamentals or, uh, you know, like the uh, diddle and shit like that. Yeah, they're the foundation thing. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, and I was I was kind of used to that from taking piano lessons. There's a lot of that too. Like you always have to practice scales and arpeggios and all these things that aren't really songs, but it's right. like you're just doing exercises to to get your techniques. Rudiments, rudiments. So, that's what you call them. Rudiments. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My fucking memory, Jesse. <laughs> but you know, I don't let it go. I keep chasing it. <laughs> so Alzheimer's <laughs> going to have a fight with me. <laughs> rudiments, rudiments. So okay. So yeah. yeah, you had to get that down because with the right hand too, the, that kind of arpeggio with the thumb and the finger picking. Well, I guess there's some of that in guitar too. Yeah, the, in finger style guitar and classical guitar, there's some of that. Although I never. I did a little bit of fingerstyle guitar, just kind of played around with it. Um, but other than that, I, I never was into classical guitar. So coming to banjo, that whole aspect of it was kind of new to me. But um, I just I, I was I was so enamored by the sound of it and just listening to to bluegrass music that I it it motivated me to stick with it. Yeah, I mean it's beautiful. I love. But was it was it you alone or did your brother play guitar? Was it like uh, guitar and banjo. Oh yeah, it was guitar and banjo. So he would he would play guitar and sing, and I would play banjo. And so the first gigs was at a coffee house there in Lafayette. Uh, it was a club. Uh, they, it's called Artmosphere. It's like uh, it, they it, they have food there, but it's mostly a music club. They have music almost every night of the week, and um, it's a really cool place. They have like all genres of music it's it's uh one of the best places to play locally uh because you can see like 
on any given night of the week, almost any kind of music played there. It's um, a really cool place. That's great. Well, do you remember that first gig? Yeah. Uh, so we played we played a few open mic nights, which is just, you know, you're only playing like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. You just sign up on the list, and there's a bunch of other people. And then uh, the guy who was running sound um, asked us if we would play a gig there on like a Monday night. Um, and Lafayette's a small town and there's really not much going on, on, on weeknights. So, you know, there's like maybe five or six people there at the show, but, uh, but it was cool. It was like, uh, we had, that was the only gig that our brother Asher played like the whole set with us. This was, um, he played drums and bass and mandolin. I think we all kind of switched instruments around and, um, but yeah, that was, I mean, you know, for us, that was cool. It was like, hey, we, we, got, we have a gig, we're playing a show. I'm trying and, to think uh, if it was Lafayette or was it Shreveport. You know, the res- Residents original Louisiana guy. You know that crazy band from the 70s? The Residents? Uh, I've, heard, I've heard the name, but I'm not too familiar with yeah, their music. Yeah, Homer, Hardy just passed away, Hardy Fox. But these cats were, you know, way ahead, you know, kind of part of the movement before there was a movement. In the, like I said, from early seventies, and they they were either Lafayette or they were Shreveport, and uh, they moved to San Francisco, the city, I think in nineteen seventy. But uh, it just came to me, you know, because I think people yeah. got the weird ideas about music, you know, this whole idea of genre, you know, it, 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 yeah. it got to it, 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 it washed over the idea of music is music, <laughs> and these yeah, other I things know, are just uh, labels. That's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and we we think about that too about like we have a hard time categorizing ourselves as a genre. I mean, I guess some people will just say bluegrass because they see a banjo and then some people say country. It's I I don't know. We 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 try to avoid labeling it uh or or putting it too much into one category. At, it is, it is like, I mean, for us, it's just, yeah, like you said, it's just music. I mean, there's so many influences that, that we all, all, everyone in the band brings to the table and makes it, you know, a new thing. So when Asher leaves, it's just you and uh, your brother, the, song, the songwriting brother. And how, yeah, how, Danny. How, how did, yeah, how did that, that evolve into the, the band we got now? So that was, um, we did that one gig with Asher, and then right after that is when we did the songwriting competition, and I got uh, Lance Callahan to play drums, and he he still plays with us, he's still in the band, and I got um, our cousin Patrick Michaud to play bass, so he was playing bass with us for about the first year, and then he moved to Texas, and we got Jordan Ardwan, who's still our bassist. Okay, and uh, was he, is he a cousin too? <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> Keeping the family thing. All right. And uh, yeah. so, I mean, eventually you wanted to play outside Lafayette, right? Did you guys? Right. Like the big towns, Baton yeah. Rouge and New Orleans. And- yeah, well, Baton Rouge, uh, I don't know. They don't have much going on, at least as far as our type of music. So we've only played a few shows there. But we started playing in New Orleans uh, pretty early on. And you know, there's um, a club by We love playing... There's a club by LSU. There's a club by LSU there called the Spanish Moon, right? Yes, there is. Uh, we haven't played that one, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I know some people who have played yeah, there. Um, there was a great pad yeah. right across the street called the Bayou, but it burned down. There's a theater called the Varsity that maybe half a block from there. 
Yeah, we played the varsity. Okay, um, you know what I'm saying. And whenever, then we played. Uh, whenever there's a college, there's kind of a scene. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just I, I, I think the scene there is more like I think there's more like rock music and kind of mainline country, mainstream country music and and that kind of thing there. Um, there are there are venues where you can do the more like a folk or songwriter or Americana kind of thing. Um, it just I don't know. It's never we've never made like a whole lot of contacts there, but we've had some we've had some good shows there. Um, but New Orleans is kind of the main like major market that's close to us that we try to play as often as we can. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm sure. But th then probably the other pads too. You were talking about Texas. I mean, it's next door. It is big. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of different parts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we we like going to Texas too. It's always a lot of fun. And I'm thinking, yeah, the I-20. So you go up a little north, right, and then you can go east west, and you're, yeah, the first yeah. tours. You know, what were they like? Let's see. So our first tour out of state must have been Texas. We played. Uh, we did like five shows in two days in Dallas or around the Dallas area, and it was just like the most random uh our bassist our, my cousin patrick was helping us to book and we ended up playing like probably the strangest gig we've ever played or one of the strangest gigs we've ever played which was we were playing in the middle of a huge tent at a charity auction at a country club where they were having a polo match going on <laughs> Um, I didn't even know anyone in the United States still played polo. I've never hey, seen that you, before. Jesse, you know that Coachella <laughs> festival? Yeah, yeah. That's actually at a polo field in the desert. Oh, really? <laughs> I shit thee not. I mean, it's a real live polo field that they must have to use all kinds of water because it's in the fucking desert. But that, that's yeah. where that festival, when it's not having stagecoach or, you know, the big electric dance and all that it's a polo field yeah. there's guys with horses and sticks <laughs> that's funny i whenever i think of polo i just think of like an english gentleman yeah, 200 years ago like i didn't know that was a, a thing people still do yeah, me either and especially in the india you know in the uh, what they call that indio that that big valley there you know Palm Springs yeah, and all yeah. that crap, right in the middle. That's a huge. Well, they also got like over two hundred golf courses. You know, great place to have it in a desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. we're at the end of the first hour, uh, April 29, thousand nineteen, Dishwap Peter Show. Special guest Jesse from Rail Brothers. Hold tight for hour two. April 29, thousand nineteen. It's the second hour, Watt from Pedro Show. I reminisce. What I miss is a photo of our wedding kiss In black and white, this one I like Before we ever learned to fight Yeah, we were laughing in the candlelight I didn't know the time would grow We're supposed to go along with it The feelings hurt, even worse you're caught in a memory It's causing me misery Now how did I get here In this dark room Staring at pictures and true You're starting to move on What am I gonna do 
hell was I looking at? Was I blinking or looking back? And look at you on the move while I stopped to take in the view. Were you moving too fast? Was I caught in the past? Always stopping for a And I'll douse it in kerosene And I'm gonna light up this dark room Burning my memory Exposing the truth Tell me where you've gone Cause I'm coming to As I close in for another kiss
on the blacktop Three miles since the last stop On the back roads off the main lines Searching for holes in the skyline I can't forget the way I left you Your eyes were full of questions I had to go test flight at sunrise But you'll get your answers in the daylight
won't shed no tears If I don't make it Back to the atmosphere Look out your window Sometime when the night is clear I'll be making maps to the moon I'll be leaving tracks open You come meet me soon Pedro Show, start off the second hour with the Braille Brothers doing Dark Room. Uh, Barry Burko Band, Tel Aviv, with Faye Un Canino. Then Lauren with Lost, I think he's in New York City. And then the Rail Brothers with Maps to the Moon. Very intriguing title. T- tell me about <laughs> this record. Where'd you guys make it? Well, the uh, Maps to the Moon is from our uh, the record before this new one. That's from uh, Take You for a Drive. Um, but both records were made like around Lafayette. The, the new one we're, that's out now, Victim and Villain, yeah. we uh, recorded it at Dockside Studio in uh, Maurice, Louisiana, which is um, around here. It's a pretty well-known studio because uh, there's been like a ton of uh, people have recorded there, a lot of Grammy-winning uh Albums have been recorded there. B.B. Uh, King, off the top of my head, is one that he, he recorded there several times. Um, but it's such a cool place. I mean, it's it's an old place with a lot of history and a lot of stories. And um, Tony Daigle uh, is the, the engineer, and he's a multi-Grammy-winning engineer, and he's just such a... I, I, I mean, what I, I, he works so fast and... and I don't even understand like what he's doing. He has microphones all over the room and, uh, but he's really fun to work with and a super nice guy. And then we had, um, Louis Michaud from Lost Bayou Ramblers produced the album and he played on one of the tracks too. Now, did you go into the studio with the songs already written? Yeah. The only thing we had the songs written and some of them, the arrangements were sort of like we had figured them out already, but some of them, we had the songs written and sort of like an idea, like maybe this is how we want the arrangement, and then we kind of worked it out in this in the studio. Yeah, I'm wondering because you know some bands they'll go in the studio with no songs. Oh, I couldn't do that. Kind of I mean, I, I say kind of I don't think I could. Unless, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if someone else was paying bills, maybe I'd try. But you know what? They never are. You might think they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think they are, and then you find out three years later you still owe the record company I money. I remember uh, in the old days. Oh, yeah, my A&R man's taking us out to eat. 
No, you're taking him out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Yeah. Recoupable? You know, they learned the magic word, recoupable. <laughs> I guess that's, a lot of that stuff's over anyway. Uh, so it's good to know that there's... Because, you know, a lot of studio people are putting them in their own pads. No. Yeah, so we actually, we did like the main recording session in Dockside, but we actually did a lot of recording at Tony Daigle's home studio as well, which is called Electro Com- Electric Como Land Studio in Lafayette. Okay. So we did both, and um, it was a lot of fun working in in, uh, in his home studio too. It's really a really nice place. Well, how, how long do you think all together it took to make this? Well, we did our first session in June of last year, yeah. and then... We did the very last, like, overdubs, uh, I think, in November, and then the mixing was done by December. Then we sent it off for mastering and, you know, all the rest of the process. Right, right. So for us, that was, for us, that was a fast process, because in the past, we've taken a lot longer. Like, you know, we'll just do, like, one session at a time and kind of spreads out over months. Whoa kind of hard to keep the focus around the album no well i guess so but we the way we approach we have approached it in the past and you know never i don't know that if we'll always do it this way but um dan and i we we're writing songs at a pretty good pace i think i mean we always have more songs written than we have like uh the time or the resources to record so um, oh, so we're always changed. working on arrangements. So it's changed. Like it used to be just Dan writing the songs. Now you should write them with him. Yeah. So I, I've just recently, I'd say the past couple of years, I've been doing more writing. It, the The previous album, I kind of co-wrote some of the songs with him. Like he'd have a an idea or a mostly finished idea, and then we would at that point we'd both start working on it together. And then just for this most recent album, I did more of the writing, and now we're both. I'd say at this at this point we're kind of both doing about the the same amount of work as far as putting out new material and then we both work together on songs too what about this uh lips like wine yeah so that one um that's the single from our new album all right i guess we'll call it that since it was that was the first one we put out um it was a that was fun to make the as far as the uh the writing i don't know it was just this kind of this image came into my mind of like the the smell of incense and wine kind of like mixed together and and uh it all just kind of spun off from there and then uh when we got into the studio uh uh we had louis gave us a lot of input on that one too like working with the guitar tone getting it the way we wanted it and then we had uh, lyle begno play pedal steel which really made it sound so awesome um but that yeah that one was that's one one song that came together pretty easily. Uh, it just kind of all fell into place, and uh, we recorded that one pretty quickly. And it, I I really like the way it sounds. Okay, let's listen. Black and white movies and talks about Shakespeare, aroma of wine on a warm summer night. I don't know where this kiss is gonna take us All that I know is it feels just right Your head on my arm, 
prince who is riding a white horse I'm not the one but for now we can be Just for this moment we both need each other Just for this moment that's alright with me She's so fine and I'm so restless Lips like wine and body like incense Burning so sweet Burning for me
could hold a love that's holding at the seams I was wrong I 
told you I loved you and I hoped you would stay. Cause the last thing I wanted was you feeling that way, but you did. Broke down and lost, sky turning black. I'm searching the stars and I studied the map. Find how we got here and how to get back on my own. When I get to Denver, I'll have a Refill it with tears As the sadness sets in And replaces the stain and the fear Broke down and lost Sky turning black I'm searching the stars And I study the map Find how we got here And how to get back on my own Forgive me for all of my sins When this bottle's emptied I'll set things to mend You know that I never wanted this thing to end But it did Watch the Pedro Show. Yeah, lips like wine from the Rail Brothers. Now you guys, you spell R-A-Y-O because you got, you got French name, right? Yeah, well, what makes it even more complicated is our our name was originally Spanish, and then when they came to the the Louisiana colony, and then that became a French colony right. later, then the spelling changed to like a French spelling, yeah, but, but the, the pronunciation is different, so it was like, we just wrote it out phonetically so that especially people outside of the state would know how to say it. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Here's some stuff that's hard for me to say because it's from, uh, yeah, the former Yugoslavian and not too good with the Serbian Croatian. <laughs> but Kudni Luji from Sajer Beer Lemon, Belgrade band. I mean, some of these dudes were making wild ass music even in the 80s. That It was just isolated, you know. There's this band yeah. here, Trobakova Kushna Pesci. And they did something called Scrivaci Magli. And, 
I mean, this stuff is like Minutemen. It blows my mind. And Sex After <laughs> Africa, and finally, Rail Brothers with Colorado. And uh, who wrote that one? Uh, I wrote that one. Okay. Uh, I think that was one. Of, I think that was one of the first ones I wrote for this album. Um, it seems like I remember that one coming. That one was pretty, uh, pretty early in the the writing process. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, what made you write it? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, it, it's. I was going through a lot of stuff around the time that I was writing for this album, and so I guess like a lot of the writing reflects that. Um, just trying to deal with it, and I mean that's really kind of it was sort of an unintentional process of me starting songwriting seriously, which was I was just trying to process and deal with things for my own on my own, and uh, just writing writing down whatever I was thinking or trying to go through was part of it. And then that sort of turned into writing songs. I mean, I wouldn't say any of the songs on the album are like, none of them are really autobiographies, but it kind of comes from that process of trying to work things out and figure things out. And then I, I feel like the songwriting is maybe uh, a semi-fictionalized documentation of that process. Kind of like thinking out loud. Yeah. And not, yeah, not a documentary. Uh, yeah. I, I think even if you're, you invent a character and, you know, get a whole scenario going, it's still a little bit from the, the person, maybe, a little bit. I think that's what, one of the things Expression with Arts is about. But, yeah, I think it. I think it does. I, I think even if you do invent a character, like even if you're, you know, writing a song about like a, a sailor in the 1700s or something, I yeah. think you have to have some aspect that you're thinking about that really that you can actually personally connect with to make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting how that can happen. Words first or music first? Usually for us, I'd say for both Daniel and myself, it's usually words first. Well, no, Dan, well, so Dan says that he likes to have like a melody and so he has to have some music that he's made up to kind of like put the words in. Yeah. Um, but that always ends up being like a rudimentary form. And then once, he, once we've like written the song, then we start working on arrangement. It's usually not arranged until after the words are done. Sure, sure. So, uh, like he's kind of storyboarding it. Yeah. With, I with, guess so, yeah. With what? I start with the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say it can come from, it can come, it, the starting point can be a lot of different places. I mean, it can be just a melody. I, actually, more recently, I've been writing a lot of like song structures, like like arrangements and melodies that I so far don't have a lot of lyrics for, which is different for me. But uh, I don't know. I'll see what comes of that. Sure, sure. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, April 29, 2019 edition. Watch Peter Show special guest Jesse from Rail Brothers. Hold tight for hour three. April 29, 2019. It's the third hour. Watch for Pedro's Show. And it's whiskey, rye, whiskey, rye, whiskey, rye. Diamonds, jacket diamonds. 
bits of silver and gold I'll eat when I'm hungry I'll drink when I'm dry If the whiskey don't kill me I'll live till I die And it's whiskey right, whiskey right Left and right, it's been contemplating 
The tank stopped in front of the clock. I could not tell the time. So you've been down for a bit of heady cozy. Your ex-breeder to visit his breeders. They open the door with the aid of their hoist. They welcome you as with one voice. And wavering on their Zimmer frames, they dished up brains. Invited you to come again whenever you needed a bit of heavy cozy, whenever you needed some nuclear family leader. Makes his escape through the driver's window, cradles full arm blazing.
Mr. Valentine's Day, mascara ran. It's Valentine's Day, mascara ran. She tell me all those crows, all those crows in the pay of the reaper. After a few days, I raise my eyes up from your lips. What means more days up, up, up. To your eyes And after a few more days You open them Tank stopped in front of the clock. I couldn't tell the time.
saw it in your eyes When those words turned to lies The ones you said Last forever after I heard it in your voice When love became a choice To take or leave Rebuild or shatter Darling, I will stay here if you want to Be your man if you only let me try Are you still holding on? Is your heart already gone? I can't tell It's hard to keep on caring out the door I don't know anymore when you'll return or if you even will I cried the first time you left but now my mind has said I won't let you back if you walk out again darling Stay here if you want to Be your man If you only let me try Are you still holding on? Is your heart already gone? I can't tell It's hard to keep on caring Watch for Pedro Show started the third hour off with Rye Whiskey from the Rail Brothers. Who, who did that one? Well, that one is uh, the only song that's I, – I, I guess it's our arrangement, we would say, but it's that's the only song that's uh, not written by us. It's oh, just it's a, a traditional tradition. song that's been around for like you know, 100 years. It did sound um, familiar, <laughs> but you never know. That's yeah. <laughs> because you're talking bluegrass. Yeah, well, 
have you never noticed, Jesse, about bluegrass that you'll hear a lot of the same melodies and stuff, but they change the yeah. word? Well, a lot of the bands were families, right? Yeah. Oh, in the old days. So actually, we did a song on our, our previous album called Mockingbird, and part of the, the, the play with that, this one of the songs that Dan wrote, uh, and and the first verse of the song is one of those verses that like shows up in like eighteen different bluegrass songs. You know, like <laughs> like you're saying, like you hear the same line over and over yeah, in a bunch right. of different songs. And uh, so it, it like starts off with that line that that's from old songs, but then it it you know we wrote all the rest of it after that. But sure. yeah, yeah. And then uh, High Five Club out of Toulon doing Better Off Dead, Rattle Mouth with. Uh, Katarina Mama, the Odes. That's Ted Milton out of London. He's got he's got a nine year old boy and he's in his seventies. Falls out. <laughs> you know he was a guy who was involved with puppet. He was a puppeteer and he just got so pissed off at that scene <laughs> that he quit it to be a punk rocker. You know. When this was in the, <laughs> really? yeah, he was telling me in the late seventies. Yeah, he said you wouldn't believe how lame the puppet scene is. <laughs> I can imagine. Was I mean, is was it like puppets for kids, or is there some puppet scene that I don't know about? I, I don't know. <laughs> for anybody who come, I guess. But he, like, he's working the puppets. I guess he, there wasn't a lot of respect. He said, and just incited too. He said there was a lot of corruption. <laughs> so watch out for the. Oh, that's funny scene. to think about. <laughs> yeah. Then we had the Healers out of Illinois doing a day late for Halloween, too early for Xmas. And finally, Hard to Tell, Rail Brothers. What, what can you tell about Hard to Tell? Uh, that one, um, I think I had I had written sort of like a piece of that a long time ago. And then it was more, uh, more recently, like closer to the time we were recording that we finally like finished writing it. And then this was one that uh, we did a lot of different versions of arranging before we could settle on what how to do it. We had it as like a uh, a honky tonk, like almost like a danceable song, and then we had it as like a slow country song. And then we were kind of unsure about it when we got to the studio, and uh, the producer Louis Michaud, um, he he came with this idea of of that drum beat that it starts out with, just uh-huh. that the really smooth snare beat and then it all just like fit into place from there like everything just seemed to groove so well to that drum beat and uh i i I think this is the i'm glad we we put so much work into that song because it i really like the way that it uh that it sounds it just it came together in the studio you know orson wells last work he did right was these commercials for some like two buck chuck I think Masson Brothers, or something. but he said no wine before it's time. So maybe, what, what about I want to play yeah. the dream? Okay, well, give us a little foreshadow. All right, um, yeah, that one—that's one that changed a lot too. But I think by the time we got into the studio, we sort of had a good idea of how we wanted to do it. Um, like I had written that one originally as like with a string arrangement in mind, like to be a little bit slower and like with a. Uh, like maybe a string quartet kind of like playing this filled out like acoustic sound and then uh, I don't remember how many changes it went through before we ended up on this sort of more uh, spacey like electric guitar 
with the heavy drum fills kind of thing. And um, this one definitely had the most, uh, it, I, I don't know what you'd call it, but like the, maybe the least like country feel to it. it it's got, um, when we were in the studio, we like ran the guitar through like a tape machine and all kinds of effects. And I had a lot of fun uh, playing it for sure. All right, let's listen. I knew on the day we met That I walked into a dream So beautiful it was That I did not want to leave You crossed a thousand miles And I ten thousand more And at this fated island We met upon the shore Your heart could be mine But I did not dare believe Somehow in the grand design We could together be But as we sat down in the sand In the shade of a coconut tree The sirens came and sang to us We both began to dream I cannot see 
don't need your help and I don't need to talk.
Lot from Pedro Show, last music for this edition, The Dream from the Rail Brothers. And then David Gerard, brand new from him in Massachusetts. Tay. T-E, Tay. That means hand in Japanese. I wonder if... Well, <laughs> from out of Idaho. <laughs> National Debt with Mind Mirror. Henry Kaiser with John Russell doing Split the Difference. And finally, the title song from your new record. Victim and Villain, the Rail Brothers. Why did you call the album that, Jesse? We felt like that that song kind of encapsulated uh, all the themes of the album. So, um, and also it just sounded good too. Um, it, the, the song really did kind of like uh, cover a lot of ter- a lot of thematic territory in, in sort of one like cohesive uh, piece, one cohesive work. And so we felt that was the most appropriate, and um, yeah, it, it just also we th- I think it's our maybe our favorite song on the album too, uh, just as far as the melody and the this like the the arc of the song and the emotion of it. You know, when I was here, I was thinking victims and villains, like no bystanders. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, I, the idea of it, I guess there's a lot of ways you can look at it. And also kind of just the, the V and the V, it, it, it like has a nice like, uh, um, what am I trying to say, like symmetry to it. Sure. Um, the letter W. But, uh, you ever notice that about the yeah. letter W? It's two Vs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we also got a cool piece of art. I don't know if if you if you can see that or if you got... I don't know if you have the digital copy or the out or the CD, but the uh, art that our, our artist uh, Bert Duran made for us has like a, it's like a playing card with uh, you know the same character on both sure. sides, but just a little bit of differences in each one. The idea of the the song and of the album title "Victim and Villain" is it's kind of like the the idea that the aspect of victim and villain are within yourself. It's not really about like you know trying to like look outwardly at the world. It's more of a uh, introspective thing that um you know the the villain being like darkness or deceit or addiction or really like anything any part of you that's not uh that's not healthy or that's like acting out against other people and then the victim is the the weak the weaknesses in yourself and it's kind of like um looking at looking at those things in yourself and then deciding to deal with it and deciding to not like not push things off onto other people and not to uh, blame anyone else, but just to uh, kind of accept that and then move forward and try to change it. The human condition can be kind of dupli- duplicit. Yes. <laughs> it's been a big honor to have you aboard, Jesse. Thank you so much for talking to me about your journey through music and the Rail Brothers. Uh, the next plan. Thank you so much. Yeah, the next plan. What's coming up next? Well, uh, we're going to be playing a few festivals uh, around Louisiana in the summer. We're hoping to go on a tour out west, uh, maybe late summer, uh, going out to the East Coast, uh, either later in the year or early next year. And uh, we're always working on more music too. So uh, we're we're staying busy, and uh, we hope someday we can get out all the way to where you are in California <laughs> to see you. <laughs> We're in the harbor of Los Angeles. Where, where can people find you on the internet? We're at rayobrothers.com, R-A-Y-O yes, you own, Brothers. You have your own website. That's a great thing, man. I love it. <laughs> it really is. 
B-R-O-T-H-E-R-S.com? That's it. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, there's nothing wrong with putting flyers on those other telephone poles, but have your own fanzine, <laughs> your own website. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We encourage people, if in, if people are interested in us at all, it, yeah. the best way to stay in touch with us is to go on our website, and on the very first page you can sign up for our email list, because if you follow us on social media, it's you might miss a lot of the stuff, like if we're coming to your area or whatever. The email list is really the best way to stay in touch, so... That's why we've kind of we're trying to build our own thing with the website and the email list. You heard that, people. <laughs> Jesse, again, <laughs> thanks for being on the show so much. Uh, people, Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. April 29, 2019 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Keep your powder right.